Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I record today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Please excuse my voice today. I'm sounding a little bit on the sultry, sexy side because I've had a cold for the last four weeks that just will not die. So my apologies for that. I'm going to start the episode today by telling you a story about how I discovered that the whole hard work equals reward system was actually totally bogus. So I was in year 12 And I came crashing through the front door and I kicked my school bag against the wall and I was stomping down the hallway and I was yelling. I was going, mom, mom, he's leaving. He's leaving the school. And mom, you know, loves a bit of drama, came running out of the kitchen. She's like, what, what, what's going on? What's going on? And I was an extremely temperate teenager. So tantrums were a bit out of character for me. And she goes, what's going on? What's going on? And I just dramatically threw myself in a chair and I went, my drama teacher, he's leaving. This is a freaking nightmare. And look, to be honest, I actually wasn't being dramatic. It was a freaking nightmare. I had spent the first half of year 11 working on my college schedule to make sure that I got a university access score of over 90. I'm a Canberra kid. Back then we had the AST. I don't know. It was a while ago. I don't know what else they do there now, but I, at the time I calculated the minimum score I needed for each course to achieve this. Everything was ticking along very nicely. Then my drama teacher left with six months remaining in year 12 to go. And this drama teacher, he knew his way around the ranking system and he could beat the bell curve with his eyes shut and he would tweak our grades. So we all got the marks that we deserved rather than losing at least 10% of our scores because of some rubbish algorithm in the statewide ranking protocol. Look, I don't envy anyone who has to create marking frameworks, but the program I did my high schooling under was an absolute joke. And the only way to get through it with an accurate university score was to have teachers who actually knew what they were doing and bless the teachers at the high school I went to. A lot of them didn't know what they were doing. So when my biggest support left the school, naturally I was devastated, especially because I was doing a double major in drama, a double major in English and a major in maths, which was a terrible combo for a decent score back in those days. But I only attempted it because I had clued in teachers who were going to help me make that combination of classes actually work for me. So my mum was like, what does this even mean? And what it meant was, was that he was about to be replaced by another teacher who had been teaching at a university for the last 20 years. He had no idea about the importance of evenly scoring high school students. So he did what uni teachers do and just gave everyone A's and B's so that everyone would like him. And even the kids that just totally phoned it in with dodgy assignments and barely rehearsed performances got B's. So naturally this dragged down the entire average of the class and my score that I'd been working on for a year and a half went from amazing to slightly above average in the span of about four months. I still got A's on every assignment I handed in. The only difference was I was now handing them to a person who didn't know what the hell he was doing. So needless to say, my last semester of year 12 was extremely stressful 
And my life up until that point had worked on this rather excellent system of hard work resulting in a reward. And up until that point, my system had rarely failed me. So for example, if I studied for a test, I passed it. If I researched assignments and allowed plenty of time to complete them, I got really good results. If I practiced my dancing routines and consistently tried hard in class, my dance teacher would give me solos. If I didn't try hard, good things wouldn't happen. Fair enough. It all made perfect sense. I loved this system until I realized it wasn't a thing. Damn it. So the fiasco of my final year of school really shook me. I hadn't actually realized that I could work really hard, do everything right and not be rewarded for it. How's that for some privilege right there? And from this point on, it started happening all the time. You know, I liked a boy who didn't like me back, although he totally did like me. He was just being a dick and he came crawling back two years later, but I was already with Ben by that point. So you snooze, you lose, mofo. I got fired from a job I was good at because my manager's daughter wanted my shifts. I graduated university in the top 5% of my year and one of the few people who got offered a permanent position straight out of uni. This permanent position that I got was a placement at a high school where the pregnant principal had been stabbed by a student in the car park and was still in hospital in critical condition. Uh, A girl driving a little red Honda Civic in the rain didn't break in time and I ended up in a five-car pile-up that rode off my car. I went to a hairdresser and didn't who didn't realize that when you cut curly hair, when it's wet, it dries about a foot shorter than when you cut it. I left that salon looking like Andre the Giant. So the point is, shit happens. The only way to get through it is to be resilient. And you kind of have to be because you can't avoid things that are out of your control. It sucks, but you've just got to put your big kid pants on and deal with it. So... This episode is all about freaking out and how to deal with it. If you've been moved to a department at work that you hate, your friend is marrying a total douchebag, or your kid has been transferred out of the class of the teacher that they adore, here are a few ways to cope with anxiety and freaking out over those things that you can't control. First up, it is totally okay to drop your bundle. Have a big cry, throw some things, swear a lot, drink a whole bottle of wine. I know we're not supposed to support self-medication, but let's just be real here. Be angry, be sad, be scared, and say that you're feeling all of those things. Go to your person, your bestie, your mum, your partner, and vent. Scream into a pillow, throw something across the room. Sometimes life is totally shit and it's okay to feel those feelings. Next up, write some yucky pages. So when I'm feeling a little bit off chops, I will sometimes write a few positive statements to get myself geared up for the day. But if my brain is full of negative thoughts, they need to leave first. About once a month, I'll do a full yucky page to get stuff out of my head. I write down all my irrational fears. I vent about the people who are currently pissing me off and then I rip it up and I throw it in the bin. Now this works brilliantly when you're at the height of your emotions and you're feeling out of control in your situation. Sit down, write your yucky pages, sit with your feelings, then bin it, take a deep breath and get ready to deal with the shit. Definitely destroy the evidence if you've named and shamed though. You don't want anyone finding that. Try and find the positive. It sounds cliche, but there's always a positive side to everything. For example, when I was a special needs teacher, I had a part-time job a few days a week in a class that I adored. I laughed all day with these kids and they were just divine. 
Anyway, halfway through the year, my school had no choice but to transfer me to a behavioral specialist class. I was being transferred because one of the kids in the class punched the previous teacher and she had to go to hospital for a few months and have her jaw rewired. And I was the most experienced teacher available. I was devastated and I spent weeks dreading it. I mean, obviously my survival instinct was kicking in pretty hard there because I didn't want to get my jaw rewired. But what actually happened was it meant that I got to work with this incredibly gifted teacher's assistant and it ended up being a really great year. And I felt like a right tool for letting it bother me so much in the first place when I first found out. And honestly, by the end of the year, I really, really loved teaching that class. So let's try to not let your catastrophizing get in the way. And that brings me to remembering that your perception is different to reality. When you're faced with something that is out of your control, like a job transfer, or maybe your daughter is marrying someone you really don't like, or your partner is leaving you, in the moment you find that out, your brain immediately goes to the worst case scenario. And you know what? Reality is almost always better than what you imagine. Yeah, I said it's better than what you imagine. We tend to catastrophize things. I know I do. It's one of my favorite hobbies. But I promise that the actual reality is much more manageable. Like the teaching job I just told you about. I imagined it was going to be an absolute nightmare. And to be fair, I had facts to back up the fact that I thought it was going to be a complete nightmare. But it was so far from that. And it actually turned out to be a really nice year. It's the idea of the worst case scenario that has us getting ourselves into a tizzy. And here's a truth bomb that will save you. Ideas aren't real. Focus on the reality and not the everyone dies in a fire scenario that you just made up in your head. Next, you need to kill your nostalgia. The past is done. Stop looking there. I see this a lot with people who lament the changes in friendships as you get older. So people say things like, we used to be so close. We'd hang out every weekend and now we see each other once a month. Wishing for things to be the way they were is a massive waste of time. It's perfectly fine to look back on the past and think it was nice, but if you get yourself stuck there, then you can't move forward in the now. And just because you perceive things to be worse now than they were, doesn't mean that they won't get even better than they were before. When it comes to accepting things that are out of your control, the great news is it's compulsory. You eventually have to accept the thing or you'll just be miserable fighting it. Just give everything time. People break up, get fired, lose heaps of money, get divorced and lose heaps of money. And you think at the time that you won't ever be able to function again. But then you look back in a year's time and think, huh, wow, I was being a mega drama queen. That's it for this week. Just a little midweek pep talk for the overthinkers out there, the catastrophizers and those who find themselves freaking out on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits, and you can also email me contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. For any resources that you hear about on the show, you can grab them at patreon.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. Oh, and one more thing, please do leave a rating and a review. It is the best way to help other people find the podcast. Thank you so much to Jack Chapo for your lovely review this week. I'm sending you all my virtual good karma. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.